following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. So as we look at today, as, as we dive into this idea of testing the spirits, this is kind of a strange place to be um, because we look and we go, okay, what, what are the spirits? How do we test them? What do we do? So I want to first start off with a little phrase that I think all of you know. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the stupidest phrase I have ever, like, we all grew up with that, right? You all could finish it. But listen, words have hurt me deeply over and over. Like, it doesn't stop. I think it's like that place where it's like, you know, you might be like laying in bed at night going, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right? But like, words do hurt us. What people say can hurt us deeply. Listen, how do you think that counselors and therapists still have jobs? It's because words keep hurting you. And so for us, those words have effect. And as we look and we say, how do we test the spirits? What I want us to think about is it would be easy for us to take this into this place that would freak us all out, right? Like we could go angels and demons and, you know, that world we don't see, that's all there. We'll talk about it some other time. But what we're talking about when we say testing the spirits is to say that out there in the world, as we walk into life as Christians, there is a spiritual warfare happening for our attention and for our actions. And the spirits of this world are going to try and pull us in one direction while the Holy Spirit will seek to take us in another. And so for us, when Paul writes here, this is actually John because it's 1 John. Paul writes most of the rest of the Bible. Theology 101. As John writes here and he says, test the spirits. Know what's going on. There are a couple of things he hits that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, okay, what are the spirits we're talking about here? As John writes, what are, what are those spirits that we even have to test? What's going on there? We're also going to talk about the Antichrist, because that's a fun thing to talk about. And then I want to talk about how does light and love fit into this idea of testing the spirits. So let's start off, I want us to understand, okay, what is the Holy Spirit? What is he all about? And in our heritage, our background um, as Lutherans, those of you who have come from a Lutheran background um, might understand this. Sometimes we, as Lutherans, look at the Holy Spirit in a very, like, kind of Western European, Germanic way, which is the Holy Spirit will do what I tell him when I tell him. And we kind of go, the Spirit does what I want him to do. But, man, the Spirit is more wild than that. Listen, all this sermon, I'm going to try with all my heart for it not to be only like Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia references, but there's a lot that could fit here. But the Holy Spirit 
is something we can't control. It's something that God gives us as a gift. So to kind of get us all on the same page, we're going to take about four minutes. We're going to watch the Bible Project's video on the Holy Spirit. So Bo, if you could go ahead and get that rolling for me. So we see, as we talk about the Spirit, as we look at the Holy Spirit, we see the Holy Spirit at work as that rejuvenating force, that power given to us. That when creation is formed and happens, and God says, let us create man and woman in our image, that the breath of life given to us by God bestows onto clay, onto dirt, us, humanness. But then after the fall, as things fall apart, that spirit becomes disconnected. But in the cross of Jesus, in his death and resurrection, we regain the spirit. So as we talk about how do we test the spirits, well, the first one, the Holy Spirit, is very easy to pick up on. I love, in this video, they said it, the Spirit enables us to love God and love others. And I, I really enjoy just the artistry of the darkness to light that happens as the Spirit of God steps in. So when we look and we say, if we're testing the spirits, the first questions we can always ask is, does this love God and does it love others? Now let's take one step back because this is where things get a little weird, right? Where we step into this realm of the everyday supernatural that we go, well, how do I even know what a spirit is? How do I know, you know, what we're talking about? Is this, you know, ghosts? You know, is that what we're talking about? No, no, no. When we talk about the spirits, what we're talking about is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives versus the work of the enemy in our life. So when we talk about testing spirits, what John is writing to, to his audience at the time is to say, listen, in this world there are going to be things that compete to claim your identity. There are going to be things of this world that will compete to steal away who you are. Because we've talked about before, the claim is we are children of God. And if we're children of God, then that gives us a new identity. That if God has claimed us, that gives us something new in terms of who we are. But the enemy will come along and try and divert our attention wherever he can. So testing the spirits is not really about going outside and setting out your crystals and going, you know, okay, what's this spirit do? What's that spirit do? No, it's looking and saying, we read the word of the Lord, we know what he's about, and we believe that there is a Holy Spirit that is actively working in our lives that the Holy Spirit didn't stop back in the day and age of Jesus. In fact, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit really happening as Jesus is leaving. That he says, listen, I'm going to give you this gift of the great helper. 
that story of how he breathed on his disciples, and then the story of Pentecost, where they go out and are preaching and proclaiming the gospel. That when the Holy Spirit comes on them, when he manifests and works, it is always for the sake of that identity of the kingdom. That if Jesus is our Savior, the Spirit is our helper to bring us back time and time again to the identity of the kingdom, that we are children of God, and that we go and do the work of the kingdom. So as we test the Spirit's we know that anything that is not about that is a spirit that is at work against us. And we could spend days and hours trying to identify what is that spirit, what is that spirit. Let me give you a simple idea here. What are the lies in your life that you believe? What are the things in your life that you have come to believe about who you are. Because what we see is the enemy as the great evil working against the Lord, that Satan, what he does is he lies. He rolls in and what he does is just start whispering. Well, you're not really a good Christian. Look at what you've done. Oof, you think you follow Jesus? Look at this. Those lies start to stack up, and so we have this spirit working against us to pull us off course. Now what happens is those lies of identity, of who and whose we are, start chipping away at then what we do. And we start then lying to ourselves and we go, well, it's okay if I do this thing once. That's all right. Ah, twice is okay. Ah, maybe I can do it one more time. When we seek to test the spirits, what we're looking to do is saying, is that from God or is that from the enemy? And in fact, what John writes is he'll say, the spirit of this world now, whenever the scriptures references the world or the flesh, what they're fighting against is one of the most basic heresies we know. Because this heresy actually splits in two different directions. That when God creates, he creates both spiritual and physical and looks and says, it is good. But what the falsehood of belief in the world says is that, well, the spiritual whatever, all I have to do is live right now. What we would call this in modern terms is humanism. This idea that we as humans are the peak of um, evolution, and so, you know, we're all going to die and go into the dark nothingness, so we may as well do whatever we want right now because it doesn't matter. So this is even around in Jesus' day that even John is writing about it to say, listen, the spirit of this world. So what he's not saying is that, oh, creation is all evil. What he's saying is if our only focus is on the world and what we have right now, we are listening to a spirit 
that is opposed to the kingdom. The spirit of the world would tell us, do what feels good. Hedonism. Whatever feels good, do it. Because, you know, tomorrow we may die. Okay. So we test that spirit of the world. We know, this is not my identity. The lie is that it all ends when I die instead of saying, no, there's a day coming when the king returns. That the Holy Spirit gives us a hope that is outside of ourselves. Now, John mentions in these verses the spirit of the Antichrist, which is a really fun idea that is actually much simpler than we make it because what's happened is in um, especially kind of this new fiction culture of the Left Behind series and things like that, if you've ever bought into those kinds of things, is that, oh, the Antichrist is going to be this person and he's going to give us a mark of the beast and, you know, he's going to try and take over and all these things. It's much simpler than that. Just break down the words, Antichrist. Is it against Jesus? That's the spirit of the Antichrist. We don't have to look and go, oh, who's this world leader? What's the new world order? That's not it. If it's against Jesus, that is the spirit of the Antichrist. And quick spoiler alert, we can be the Antichrist sometimes. When we knowingly make a decision where we say, Jesus, I know you died for me. I know you've called me to follow you. But then we say, but I'm still going to do this thing. I'm still going to sin in the way I like to sin. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. Jesus comes, redeems us, calls us to him, that we know our connection between God and ourselves is complete. There's nothing we can do. But he has called us to sin no more. So the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of the world, is calling us away. You know what happens to a ship when it's a degree off as it gets closer and closer to its destination? Like, ships are constantly having to course correct, depending on winds, depending on tides. But as you get closer, if you are off by a degree, you're going to end up in the wrong place. Just talk to those guys who got stuck in the Suez Canal. We know that the goal of the spirits that are against us are to pull us away from light and love. It's personal attacks. It's attacks against who we are. It's the lies we hear and we believe that we're not good enough, that God couldn't love us, and that there's nothing that we could do to please him. Well, let's break down those lies. God loves you. Why every week do we pull out a cross made of driftwood to set it in front of the church every week. We do that because we believe that it is the greatest symbol of God's love that we could ever find. That he sent his son for us. So that's the first lie, that God doesn't love me. The cross proclaims every day that God's love for you is so deep that he would sacrifice his own son for you. But I'm not worthy well, that's a part lie. That's right, you're not. And God says, yeah, I don't care. I'm still coming for you. 
It's if we live in that lie that we are unworthy. If we live in that place, it says, oh, woe is me. Jesus says, no, I've made you new. You are mine. And then the third lie that says we don't have anything to offer. Listen, I, I don't know what the future of Narrative Church holds. If you had asked me in January of 2020, I would have told you all the amazing things that were coming. But the pandemic really kind of changed a lot of where we were going. But here's what I know, at least here in our church. The Lord has a passion for us and for where we are going. He has a passion for you and he has set in front of you amazing things for you to do, not because you are so special, but because he looks and says, I've made you special. You are mine. My spirit is within you. I just started reading this book that a friend of mine recommended to me, and it's a fascinating background. It's a, a guy who's a, he was a, a Chinese pastor before the rise of communism. He ends up in his story, he ends up dying in a labor camp as the communists come to power. His name was Watchman Nee. And a buddy of mine was like, listen, you've got to read this book. You've got to read this book. You've got to read this book. And as I do with books, I said, of course. Yeah, I'll read that book. Oh, yeah. And this is not like a book. This is a book, right? So Chelsea and I had a chance to go away last week to do a little bit of a spiritual retreat. And I was like, okay, I'll take this book and start reading it. And what Watchman Nee does is, the book is called um, Sit, Walk, Stand. And he takes the book of Ephesians and he says, listen, you want to know what the Christian life is? It's these three things. Sit, walk, stand. Sit in Jesus and who he is. Walk in the ways he has called to you. Stand against the evil one. I've read the sit and the walk chapters. I'm looking forward to reading Stand this week. But something that I needed from that book was in this sit chapter. The book of Ephesians tells us that we sit in Christ. You see, when we look and we say, we're going to test the spirits, where we start is not at some place that we've earned, but instead it's in a place that says, I sit in Christ Jesus and who he is. I'm not trying to walk or stand, or do anything else, I sit in who he is, and who I am as a Christian starts there, sitting in his presence that he has done everything and given it to me. And so for us, as we test the spirits and look forward, we start from that place that says, I sit in Jesus and who he is that it becomes easier to test the spirits when we remain in who Jesus is and we can look and say, does that love God? Does that love others? Well, that's obviously not of him. Is this a lie about God's love for me? Well, that spirit is not of him. Is this a lie about how I'm supposed to interact with others? That's not from him. And here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is talking to us. He is constantly at work in our lives. But one of the other things these enemy spirits are going to do is they just try and turn up the static. For those of you who don't remember, TVs used to have this issue. 
but it's just white noise to try and drown out the Spirit. That's one of the reasons we encourage you to be in the Word. One of the reasons we encourage you to be in church is because we believe we've got to break through that static to say, listen, God loves you, He has a plan for you, and He's calling you to follow Him. That as we test these spirits, first of all, as your pastor, let me say this, you cannot be more loved than God loves you right now. Let's just destroy that lie over and over. Listen, if some people come forward and say, I'm struggling with that lie, we will start every service by me looking at you and going, Jesus loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it because he already did it. Let's get rid of that lie together. Let's fight that one on a daily basis. Your identity is his. So let's get rid of that spirit of the world that says you have to earn his love and you're never going to earn it. That is a lie. Let's get rid of this lie that you have to act like the world to be in it. You don't have to. Listen, you want to know how the Spirit's convicting me? Because here's the deal. I've shared it before. I'll share it again. I am a two-by-four with the Spirit kind of person. There are some people, they go to seclusion. The Lord speaks to them in a whisper, and they go, yes, Lord, I'll do it. That is not Teddy D. It is like, hey, Ted, like I need the two-by-four across the face. I go, oh, that's, and the problem is I need it multiple times. I've been convicted over the past couple of months from friends, from people in the body of Christ. They're like, hey, how are you, how are you Sabbathing? How are you resting? I'm like, well, I'm working hard. You know, the church has got to keep going. They go, yeah, how are you resting? Because here's the deal. Rest is such a big deal for the Lord. He made it like it's top three, right? Love the Lord your God. Don't take his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Like, we're not even to the top five. It's before honoring your father and mother. That's still important, kids. But he's serious about saying, listen, I made you as a being to rest. The thing that blew my mind in reading this book from Watchman Nee, as he's writing about sitting in Jesus, one of the things he says is, he's like, listen, think about it. God created for six days, and on the seventh, he rested. But you know what Adam's first day was? Rest. And I was like, Ugh! the conviction of the Holy Spirit on me. Because I could look and test that spirit to say, Lord, is this of you that, that I need to be? Because my fear is that people are going to think I'm lazy. Because I think I'm lazy, right? That's the enemy in my ear. You're lazy. You're not worth it. Look at you. And here the Lord of the universe is shouting at me, rest and watch what I will do. So we look and we say we belong to him. That spirit claims us. And then we look at the lies and we say, Lord, push them away. Whatever the lies are in my life, push them away. And sometimes it is going to be hard work. And you're not going to want to hear it. But the depth of the love the Lord has for you is to say, listen, do you trust my spirit enough to say, it's going to be better? So we test the spirits. We look to shut down the lies because the light and love of the Holy Spirit as it enters and works on our hearts changes us and how we love God and love others. Let's pray.
Lord, let us remember that as we test the spirits, you have promised so many good things for us. Lord, take those lies that sit on us and remove them. Take them away. Lord, whether it's lies that would call us, call us towards sin or lies that give us shame and guilt and despair, take them away. Lord, we know that the words of the enemy can hurt us, but we know that you have given us a spirit of power and of truth. So we pray that the Holy Spirit would break through that static that can disrupt our lives so that we can hear him and follow him. And Lord, may he work in ways that we can't even ask or imagine that he would call us to so much more. Lord, let us love you. Let us love our neighbors. Let us leave behind the lies as we test the spirits to know that you have called us out of darkness and into your light through your love. In your son Jesus' name, amen.